Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another commodity update. If you enjoy these updates, please remember and give us a like on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you listen to, or leave us a review and share on Twitter so that other people can join in. This week, we're going to be covering off on livestock, wool and grains. So we'll be covering all of our main commodities that we cover on the Mercado.com.au platform. Just going to jump straight into it with the grains industry. It's been an interesting week, or it's really been an interesting month in that we have seen the market rally uh, really throughout the entire past two weeks. And that's really been off the back of concerns about planting in the U.S. So we've seen a lot of rain over there. It's a bit dry over here, but in the U.S. they seem to be quite the opposite. And we're seeing that over there, they just have not been able to get the, the corn crop into the ground. And the wheat crop is looking good. Like the winter wheat crop is almost as best condition it's been in, you know, in during this decade. And, and that's looking good. The spring wheat crop is looking to be well planted close to average in terms of uh, its its current planted rate. But it's really corn which is the main issue. And, and we're seeing an issue where corn is uh, struggling to get planted and it's coming to this point of time when there's a cutoff date in the US for planting corn. And if you plant beyond a certain date, you're no longer covered by your insurance. There is a concern that, well, they'll get to that, that point of time and then they'll say, right, we can't plant any more corn because it won't be covered by insurance. So we'll switch to soybeans, which is an interesting one because soybeans has been under a bit of pressure after the, all these tariffs within China and they've got pretty strong stocks. And to add another bit of a black swan into the equation, there is the potential that some of the farm aid to to combat the the worst effect of these tariffs will likely result in larger planting to soybeans. There has been reported earlier on the week by Bloomberg that soybeans would receive around about a $2 payout in order to combat the impact of, of those tariffs between uh, China and the US. Well, we don't grow corn and soybeans here, but the real flow on effect it was to, to the wheat market. And we've seen uh, $23, give or take, since the start of the month, uh, increase to the December futures. And that adds a bit of, bit of value uh, to, to all producers in Australia because now we're seeing a stage where you know, we're actually seeing our prices you know, increase strongly not because of domestic factors, which has been the biggest influence over the past nine months. We're actually seeing international factors come into, come into the play and start to really drive our prices. So the real question will be over the next fortnight or so, you know, can they get planted and, and will the wet weather that they're experiencing in the US, will they cause downgrades to the actual current, you know, current good to excellent conditions across most of the uh, US wheat crop? So that's pretty much the, the, that's pretty much the main gist of it in that, it's planting in the U.S. is causing the biggest uh, concerns. Um, obviously, locally, we still haven't really seen much in the way of fall-up rains from those early May rains. So we just need to locally here concentrate on, you know, doing our rain dances and whatnot and trying to get some uh, some rain to fall on the ground because we need it. I'm going to pass you off to Matt now, and he'll cover off on livestock. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, this week, we will look about sheep and cattle. Uh, we'll start with sheep this time. Normally, we start with cattle, so change it up a bit. Uh, we had a look at... Um, sheep seasonality uh, early part of the week and so looking at um, both mutton and the uh, eastern states trade lamb indicator and how they're tracking this year in terms of percentage price gains uh, since the start of the year. Uh, we've seen mutton actually making record highs um, and if you look at the, the trough we saw for mutton in uh, earlier in February this year uh, we're about 47% higher than that than that trough um, and uh, mutton prices uh, nearly reaching 5.50 cents a kilo, which is a record. Um, just going off the historic trend you usually see through the season, uh, mutton prices, as do lamb, they tend to uh, increase through winter. 
Uh, and if you go on the historic uh, levels, uh, a normal season for mutton this winter, you could see a peak of around 5.75 cents. Uh, however, if we get a fairly strong season, it's it's not unlikely that we could see mutton up as high as 6.60, which is just incredible to think we could see mutton that high. But let's just see what develops as we head towards winter. Uh, for lamb, a bit of a different story. Obviously, price is still rising as we go through into the colder months. Uh, although, if you look at the trough for lamb, uh, also in February, the, the the low we've seen this season, it's we're only about 28% higher at current levels, and we we yet to crack above 800 cents for the Eastern States trade lamb indicator. Um, if you recall, last season in winter we we rallied up to 884, uh, which was a record back then. Now, if we see a similar type movement this season, we could quite easily see um, lamb reaching to the 900 cent level, which would be incredible to see see that. But um, that's the potential forecast as we as we go into winter of lamb that high. And analysis that uh, we released uh, later in the week just looked at those those potential prices through winter and if we do indeed see eastern states trade lamb as high as uh, 900 cents um, there will be some good margins made for those people that are buying restocker lambs at the moment uh, if you want to have a look at the trading budget just jump on the Mercado website because the most recent uh, article on thursday just outlines uh, what you're likely to get if you're buying restockers now and carrying them through uh, to finish product into winter uh, moving to cattle, uh, put out a piece. So we looked at the feedlot uh, industry and, and indeed the March, um, the March detail of the of the feedlot numbers that get released every quarter. Uh, interestingly, showing a uh, another record uh, number of cattle on feed. So we're, we're now at 1.146 million head of cattle on feed. Um, and the increase in cattle on feed largely driven. We, we have been seeing fewer. Uh, cattle exiting the feedlot and fairly steady placements so that's led to the increase in in the overall numbers um, higher levels of carryover uh, as we um, as we head towards this winter period it's likely we're going to start to see um, stronger marketings of cattle so cattle exiting the system uh, particularly as uh, supply for, for finished cattle that are grass fed is going to dwindle away even more over that period of time so that's when the grain fed will really um, come into their own uh, so look expect to see higher marketing as we head through to winter um, and that's going to mean, uh, you know, there will be a need for those those marketings that are exiting the system to be replaced. So as we head into winter, uh, looking like some reasonably good demand uh, for feeder cattle out there to, to replace those ones that are exiting. Uh, that's about it. Thanks, Andrew. Last but not least, we come to Olivia, who's going to cover off on wool. And it's been a bit of a bloodbath out there when it comes to wool prices. And Olivia is going to provide us an update on the drivers behind this fall in prices. Thanks, Andrew. And you're absolutely right. Even though it's wool week and it would have been nice to see some corrections from last week's market fall that just wasn't the case, this week prices right across the board continue to plummet. We had the eastern market indicator back another 60 cents, which was in line with last week's loss. So the bulk of that drop was on the first day of sale, but with a 6% cut to the EMI over the last two weeks, it was enough for growers to cross their arms and we saw the passing rate reach a massive 28%. But I don't want to be all doom and gloom on wool week, so it's important to put this in perspective for a minute. There were times last year when we saw the market rise over 125% week on week, and the EMI is still sitting at 25% above the five-year average. So while growers are feeling the pain at the moment, it has given traders a bit of a reprieve, and historically speaking, prices are still good. We are still hearing from brokers that there's a fair amount of poor quality wool at auction, which is pushing the market down. 
but AWEX reported that Better Star Wools did come forward on the second day of sale, which would have helped to steady those big falls from the previous day. Our quality will start to improve as we come closer to that spring shearing period. And normally we'd hold a bit of confidence in saying that when this happens, we'll see prices pick up with growers being rewarded for quality. And we did see signs of that at play this week, but there are a few different drivers coming forward that have us hesitant about that response going forward. One being is the impact of the China-US tariff war. The 25% import duties going to be imposed on Chinese products will affect apparel fibres. Luckily for Australia, finished wool clothing isn't included on the list of items to be hit with the tariff, but that doesn't mean we won't be affected. So yarn, fabric and carpets are all included on the list. And the unknown for the health of the wider Chinese economy in general, it is vital for the Australian wool market. So uncertainty is never good for markets and Chinese buyers have even more reason to be cautious now. So there are indications that this is set to drive the downward cycle.